most people need to focus on what really matters, and that is sharing, being vulnerable, uh, sharing their insights about the industry, um, sharing people's ex their experiences, their clients' experiences. Welcome to the Business Ownership Podcast, brought to you by Awareness Strategies, helping you navigate the waters between entrepreneurship and ownership. Hey there, peeps. This is Michelle Nedelec, and I am super glad that you're here with us today because I am here with my most amazing guest, Justin. Justin, thank you so much for being here with us today. So Thanks for having five... me, Michelle. Great to be here. My pleasure. So give us a 5,000-foot view of who you are and what you love to do. Mm, that's a great question. Who am I and what do I love to do? Mm -hmm. Well, uh, I'm a multi-passionate guy, so I come from a background of both being an edutainer, coming from a background of entertainment with hip-hop music, uh, for that skateboarding, so I'm pretty much a Generation X poster kid, you know, kind of street culture's my thing. Um, yeah, so skateboarding in the 70s, 80s, 90s, and 2000s, hip-hop from 1987 through to now. In fact, last weekend, at the age of 52, I won another rap battle, so... Yeah, uh, good you know, for I'm you! A, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm a pretty out-there out dude um done a lot of firsts in the world uh started the first international rap battles in the world um yeah played along a lot of big stages and from a business side point uh i've been managing businesses since i was 17 and and putting on events and experiences and you know designing content and which has kind of led me to where i am now and i'm trained in a number of behavioral modalities and i've been an international sales trainer in multiple countries so, you know, kind of helping frustrated rock stars go big is both my past and my future. Uh, so that's that's kind of what I do. Uh, that's a little bit about who I am. Um, you know, I'm the funky white boy uh, getting it done. And I like to start fires with people. And uh, as I've said, help frustrated rock stars go big. That's my thing. And synthesizing people's magic and then creating great things with it so that, people finally sort of see seen uh understood seen uh, their magic is clear and transparent i find a lot of people out there are trying to get their message out trying to stand out trying to rock their thing and they really find it hard to articulate why me and for me as you can hear i've done a lot of radical stuff in my background i'm very good at looking at x factor and and that's kind of the, the gist of my life and my business. And what I love to do is, is to help people that, again, are talented, kind of get the rewards that they feel they deserve for everything that they've been done and will continue to do. I love it. And Rockstar is kind of a euphemism for it is totally. not necessarily <laughs> just the leader of a rock band and <laughs> being able to uh, articulate anyone's kind of mojo, if you will, to to bringing it to that rock star status. What do, uh, exactly. you, what do you think stops people from seeing their their gift, their thing? Oh, well, just what you said. Actually, what you just said was a clue to what the, the block is, that there's a right thing to be a rock star. Like there's a personality type. There's a way you're doing it. You know, for example, you know, most people don't know, but, you know, 95% uh, of billionaires are introverts. They're not extroverts. And yet the perception is that success is someone that's on stage with confidence who articulates themselves well and, oh, I wish I was like them. I go, well, maybe. <laughs> and 
you know, so that's kind of the problem. Um, a, a great example is I'm, I wrote this post yesterday about about being bravely original. And an old client of mine jumps on and goes, oh, you know, I kind of struggle with this. And she's being very honest and vulnerable. And, and I said, that's it. That's bravely original because most people are imitating. They're modeling and imitating. That's not original. That doesn't help you feel aligned. And it certainly doesn't show you magic source. So it's difficult for me to connect. But when you are being vulnerable, you're at your strongest. Um, you know, again, as I said, I'm trained in a number of behavioral modalities. And this is the thing about all relationships is that, you know, when you fear exposing yourself, that's when you're vulnerable. But when you expose yourself, you're actually at your strongest because you go, well, what can you do now? This is who I am. Love me or don't love me. And it's exactly the same in business. Now, what happens is, is that people go, well, there's a fear attached to that. I'm going to be judged. But that's an, that's, that's an unjustifiable fear because it doesn't matter whether you think you're good or not. Humans are judgment machines. You'll always be judged. <laughs> So the idea that if I stand out, I'll be judged. No, you'll stand, you'll be judged even if you don't stand out. So you might as well stand out and get some attention and get some, some sort of meritorious result out of it and have your say because your people are waiting for you to show up. And uh, But in order for you to really connect, you do have to be brave. You do have to be bold. You, you know, and I find that one of the biggest blocks that I come across, uh, um, and again, this is kind of, I don't really talk about gender, I talk more about masculine and feminine energy. If you have a lot of feminine energy, I find, well, to talk about, when I, when I, most of my female clients are extremely smart, really well-educated, really well-prepared, but they sometimes struggle with the idea, again, of the judgment of taking action. If I take action, oh, what will, you know, how will I be perceived? And I know that their biggest frustration is they see these men out there, for example, that perhaps aren't as well-educated, aren't as well-prepared, and yet they're taking action all the time and doing a, making a horrible mess, and yet they're getting more notoriety and more outcomes, and it's very frustrating. So on one side, you need a little bit more polish and finesse and depth and understanding, which I think you know women are inherently, I've, I've discovered in my experience at least, that a lot of women are sort of seem more aligned with that. And, and on the other hand, you've got this kind of masculine side of bravado and woohoo, gung-ho, and let's go get it. And if you can find some sort of happy medium with that, uh, you know, the world is yours. Um, and that's kind of my, my job is to kind of make sure people kind of don't uh, stop buying into the idea that, for example, that the feminine way is the right way or the masculine way is the right way. It's like, no, we're all a balance. How do we keep that balance? honor yourself and still show up and blow up, you know, um, because people want your magic. Nice. I love that. And once upon a time, and I think it's an outdated way of thinking that people used to say, you can either have fame or fortune, you can't have both. And I think in today's world, you kind of have to <laughs> step up to the platitude that you're going to have to have both. Um, is that true in your experience or where do you think that um, that lies now? I, well, I, I wouldn't say the data supports that, actually. I wouldn't say that. 
if you actually look at numbers with a lot of these kind of like success myths that are out there, there's no numbers to support these ideas. You know, when you say, oh, hey, you've got to get this many fans and then you'll get this many outcomes. So can you prove that? Can you show me five people that have done that? Nobody can show you that. So you go, well, hold on. If nobody can show me that, then why is it that everyone believes that? I go, because you've been sold on the idea, A, that you're not enough. B, if you were just like me, you would be enough. And so therein lies the problem. Because the reality is uh, the quality of your conversations determines the quality of your outcomes. That's it. It's no more complex than that. If you are having a lot of conversations and they and you're asking a lot of good questions, then they're going to go somewhere constructive. It's that simple. So if you're constantly putting up quotes by, quotes by you know, Brene Brown and Mahatma Gandhi and whatever else, and you wonder why you're not getting any leads, but you post like every day, well, it's because I don't even know who you are. I have no idea who you are. You know, when you say, hey, I'm a coach, I go, yeah, like everyone else. Like, who cares? Nobody cares. Whereas when you step into conversations about your own growth, your, your client's growth, development, your insights and all that good stuff, then I can see your transformative magic. And, and this is the problem. I think a lot of people have been conditioned to believe that quantity equals quality. And it certainly doesn't. Um, but in saying that, my experience of thought leadership is the real gift to success is consistency. If you are inconsistent, everything else will be inconsistent. And I'll be honest with you, that's been my problem with my personality. I'm multi-skilled, multi-talent, I'm, I'm what's called a scanner, you know, constantly looking for the next creative project to fulfill my potential. So I work best in projects, not necessarily in like singular long conversations or, or careers. And I'm finding that a lot of people that are now the great resignation and all that sort of stuff, they're going, yeah, I don't actually want to be just called an accountant or just called a sales trainer or just called a this because there's so much more to me than this. So the whole conversation is changing. It's not necessarily very easy to navigate because quite honestly, a lot of the things we're being taught are actually outdated. Um, but I, what I have discovered is, is that the people that are brave and consistent are winning. Uh, I could list many, you know, but to give one that, that everybody kind of knows, like Gary Vaynerchuk, you know, he came out with opinions. He came out with stuff that, People would debate, um, you know, uh, what's another one that's sort of local uh, uh, in America? Uh, Molly Mahoney, if you haven't come across her, she's a really a really fun sort of, comes from a theatrical background. She's very consistent. She's very up. And her business is called The Prepared Performer. Now, if you look at her, again, she's, she's very much a truth teller, very consistent, high energy, but she's totally real. Um, Another uh, client, a colleague of mine, uh, Shamika Tankerson, she's just made the Fortune 500 as a coach, which is a big deal. She's had like 1,800% growth. She's an African-American woman who just kicks ass. <laughs> and, and I just love her posts. I love what she's, she's saying. She's just like, you know, uh, really 
gutsy and brave and heartfelt stuff, but it's based in business acumen. And so she's kind of really showing her heart and really showing her acumen and, and she's really going for it and she's positioning herself as a premium position clearly to be reaching Fortune 500. And um, this is in a very short period of time. So those are the, the examples that I've got and I can come up with plenty more, but that's what, that's what I'm, I'm sort of seeing is that, you know, and I, and I learned this from another really sort of high-end coach in California, which is you really need to be clear if you want to stand out in a marketplace about what you stand for and what you stand against. Because people don't want you to just be nice. Like I come from the recording, you know, I was a musician and I can tell you that if you're trying to sell music, you don't want people to think your music's nice because they're not going to buy it. They're not going to listen to it. You want people to love it or hate it. And that's the cornerstone of sales. You're trying to get people to have an emotional response to what you're doing. And that is a thing that I think a lot of people neglect. They keep trying to pitch and sell instead of having a really emotionally resonant um, conversation that really connects with someone's vision for what's possible. So in that connection and building that connection, I know when you say people are afraid of being judged, I think they're also afraid of being well judged negatively. Um, but in a, do I need to be clear about what it is that I'm saying, or do I need to be controversial and kind of piss people off? Cause you can do one without the other, but if you can do both, <laughs> I think you're ahead. <laughs> but what are you doing well, to take on that? I think that that's a, again, an illusory idea that that's an illusion. It doesn't exist. Um, it's an old idea that we used to hear, oh, you know, better to get attention. Who cares whether you've struck a negative chord? You know, all, all, what is it? All attention is good attention. <laughs> all that sort of real old all PR is good mindset. PR. <laughs> Until yeah, yeah. Yoast and, or uh, Yelp And the reality <laughs> is, is that we, we know that's not true because negative PR can crush a business in a day. And yep. you've only got to go to your Google afterwards if you've had negative feedback and to see if anyone Googles me, all they're going to see is this. Yep. Um, you know, so that's not true. Mm-hmm. However, uh, there's no point worrying about that. You have no control over that. The idea that you have control over that, again, is an illusion. You know, for example, if I come up here and I have an opinion, again, about, about the woman I've worked with or the men that I've worked with, somebody watching this interview will go, rubbish. That's not true. Now, I'm not denying their opinion. Their opinion is their opinion based on their experience. I can't control that. I'm only sharing my truth. But what I know is, is that if I share my truth and I show my vulnerability and I show who I truly am and I also give you evidence of how I've transformed people, my people will hear the way I'm talking go, that's exactly what I think. Yeah, I feel the same way. You know, he's got a weird accent, this guy, but I like him, you know, and those are the people that are going to reach out. And I'm cool with that. And again, I suppose... I've been very lucky that it's built into me this kind of being brave, you know, being a skateboarder and all that sort of battle rapper and all this stuff like that, that stuff, you, you know, you, you are putting yourself into the firing line. So I'm lucky that I was born with that. But what I've discovered is, is that again, fear is not real. Mm-hmm. Fear is an idea because in the body, it manifests the same way. Excitement and fear manifest the same way. So make a better decision. 
You could be afraid about the response or you could be excited about the response. The choice is yours. Neither one of these things are really real. So you might as well focus on the one that feels good. <laughs> um, and I think that's the problem. People get in their head. You know, as Mel Robbins says in the five second rule, you know, it's just like five, four, three, two, one, do it. Don't get in your head and think and process it. Just do it. Just post. You see something, you've got an insight, just do it. You know, like it's not wrong. Um, and, and, and that's the problem. I think, you know, again, if you're consistently sharing, then you'll connect. And if you're constantly trying to do it right, then you won't be consistent. So actually you end up being wrong because the results don't show up for you because you're, you're waiting to the moment until the stars align and the, everything's right. And my haircut's right. And I'm, I'm the right weight and you know, whatever else it is, you know, and there's no such thing. Um, so yeah, it, it is amazing how so much business success actually comes back to the belief. Uh, I am enough. That's Awesome. And I, I think it's important for people to hear because oftentimes I have found that when that's somebody's core belief, they think they're the only person in the world that has that belief. Yep. Like totally. everybody else is clearly awesome and they clearly have enough and they're clearly doing it right. <laughs> Whereas yeah. I, I think it really, it almost doesn't matter what level somebody's at. They always have that little inkling of, doubt and is this good enough is it right is it i mean let's have a look at what we're both wearing in this interview <laughs> i'm wearing like a long sleeve t-shirt you're wearing a t-shirt or something to that effect now if this was 10 years ago even <laughs> say 15 years ago right baby boomers would be setting the standard for what you should wear you'd probably be wearing a collared shirt mm -hmm. a jacket and so would i because otherwise i wouldn't be a real business person right Yep. But now it's our generation's time to kind of go, oh, chill out. You know, <laughs> I can be comfortable and make cash and come across as professional. What are you talking about? Mm -hmm. And so that goes to show that those things were just ideas and they will continue to shift. It's not to say I don't like getting dressed up every once in a while and getting snazzy, <laughs> uh, but still, you know, I find that stuff, you know, interesting and also annoying because we spend so much time thinking about that stuff it's like it's not even important i mean if you to if you do show up and you're completely unkempt and you you know you're looking like a hot mess well okay it's going to be pretty hard to kind of focus on probably what you're saying but largely i think again most people need to focus on what really matters and that is sharing being vulnerable, uh, sharing their insights about the industry, um, sharing people's ex their experiences, their clients' experiences, and 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 coming from a place of generosity. Mm -hmm. And I think that it's quite difficult to do when, for example, business results are not going your way. When you're when you're in your own life, when you're suffering from some level of scarcity it's very difficult to not come across as like, hey, I'd really like you to, you know, sign up to my thing and be my friend and then maybe I can sell you something, you know, that everybody can kind of sense that stuff. Um, but again, my, my solution for that is always just keep being consistent. 
you know, keep being consistent. And I've got to tell you, this is not my natural way of being. Uh, my insight, how I came up, saw this insight was from 13 years of being in direct response marketing, seeing people that as far as I was concerned, were nowhere near as talented as me. And I go, they're crushing it and I'm not. Why? And I go, because they're posting every day. They're doing that event every month. They're doing this thing every six months and over and over and over and over. It's not romantic. And I'm not saying that's the, you still have to have something that pops, but that's what I've discovered. So if anybody's watching this and they're kind of going, well, I thought this guy was going to talk about some radical skateboarder inside tricks. Sure, we can talk about that. Um, but I find consistency is one of those things that builds trust. And if you go to a marketing agency or someone who's spending a big budget, you'll find out that when they get a brand, they will spend six to nine months just doing brand recognition advertising. Now, why do they do that? So that you trust the brand. So when they do go to pitch you, you go, oh, I trust that brand. On an unconscious level, you've already decided that they're, they're good people. So that's what, you know, a lot of people in our sort of space need to wrap their head around is my job is to build trust and building trust is doing all those things we talked about before. Nice. Well, and I also like when you mentioned when somebody steps into their own and they start becoming themselves, it's not necessarily that all of a sudden wealth is going to <laughs> be dumped upon them. There's still going to be difficulties and there's still in my experience, people will have a lot of time to be able to go, oh my God, I've done the wrong thing. I've totally screwed this up. I shouldn't be me. I should go back to being that thing in the box that everybody expects me to be. And yep. like, how, how long do you play with that idea? And how do you help people through that kind of dark tunnel? Oh, well, it's, I could give you a long answer or a short answer. So I'll give you an exercise that really helps people because I know anybody watching this is going to go, yeah, if you can just give me something to fix it right now, that'd be great rather than hearing your, your long-winded view of it. So there's a great exercise called fear setting, right? So in case people don't understand my accent, F-E-A-R setting, right? So what you do is you, you've got three columns on a piece of paper. On the left-hand side, you put all your greatest fears, and so let's just say you're doing a launch of something and it doesn't work. You know, so what's, what's your greatest fear? Well, I'm going to spend X amount on Facebook ads and it doesn't work. Okay. So then what would you do to manage that? And then how would you fix that and get better? So that's one column, two columns. And what happens is, is that when you write all those fears down and then you think like that, you realize that none of them are actually as bad as you thought. So emotionally, they might feel like a nine out of 10. But when you do this exercise, you find, uh, you know, it's four out of 10. So this is an exercise from stoicism. And, and, and I, I, I personally found it very helpful. But also what tends to happen is, is that, you know, like, for example, like you come across a lot of clients that say, well, I've tried this and it didn't work. Which is kind of what you were saying, right? I did this thing and it didn't work. <sighs> Uh, when you say you tried it, what do you mean? So again, let's say you use something like advertising, for example. Mm -hmm. And you go, I'll try Facebook ads, it didn't work. Okay, what part of it didn't work? What do you mean? Well, what did you want to have happen? Well, I wanted to get, 
you know, 50 leads, qualified leads. Okay, and what actually happened? Well, I got like two. Okay, and then how many people went to the ad? Well, thousands. Then how many people went to the booking page? Well, hundreds. Okay, and out of hundreds, you got two bookings. Is that right? Yeah. So it's not Facebook ads, is it? What do you mean? It's the booking page. <laughs> exactly. Right. Mm. And they go, oh, oh, and most, but, but what you see what's happening on an unconscious level is my identity is also wrapped up in my fears and people fight for their limitations. Oh, you don't understand I'm not a technical person. You don't understand I'm not really good at that. Oh, you don't understand I'm not really, I, I don't really talk on video. Oh, you don't understand, da, da, da. right? So these are all people fighting for their limitations. Mm. And if we accept that, then those limitations are real. And what that person is, they'll stay exactly where they are. They'll have exactly the same identity, exactly the same outcomes. And they'll just keep taking courses until the cows come home and they'll never change their results because they're not actually willing to take responsibility for being the new person they need to be. And that's the scary part. The scary part is what happens if you get 50 leads when you were, you were getting two, your whole business changes, your, your job role changes, your cash flow changes, your responsibility changes, everything changes. And the human mind does not like change. Change is threat. And that is something that a lot of people don't unpack for themselves. They don't see that coming. They kind of go, I want a million bucks. Okay, you, you understand what that means? <laughs> Do you really know what that means in terms of trickle-down effect to you, your business, your structure, the things that you've got to do, what you've got to manage or, or whatever it is? Um, you know, I read a really good book recently that talks about that called Happy Money by Ken Honda. For the people that are watching this, that have been chasing these numbers, thinking, well, I get this number, I'm going to have it all. Go and read that book. Find out what your happy money number is. Because it'll actually make your life a lot more enjoyable in terms of what you're doing. And that's something else that I also really stand for is, is like, you know, we have dreams of these things. And then the vehicle that we use to get to those dreams turns into a jail cell. So that, that dream turns into a jail cell real quick. But we built the jail cell ourselves. So I question a lot of assumptions. I question a lot of beliefs. I question a lot of like these ideas of, about what success really is because it's personal. Um, and again, you know, extroverts want to get out there and experience other humans. Introverts want to they don't want to do that. <laughs> they, want, they want different types of environments. And your truth is your truth. And design your business and your life around that instead of chasing somebody else's idea. Um, that's what that's what I find to be healthy, helpful, and and balanced. I love that. And I think too, it's it's hard to understand that without that fear, or should I say with that fear, it's hard to analyze the numbers. Um but a lot of people don't realize that they're in the midst of fear. <laughs> That's why they're not analyzing the numbers to, to be able to look at it and understand kind of how to take their businesses forward. And I mean, of course, they don't know what it's consciously. They don't know what it's like having that goal mark amount of income. 
because they've never had it before. But subconsciously, they have an idea of what it might be like, which is part of the reason why they're not achieving it. It's because they're terrified of, you know, the ramifications of that decision. I'm going to have to work harder. Yeah. I'm going to have to let go of things. I'm going to have to hire people. I'm going to have to whatever it is. Yep. And, you know, and again, it's never as bad as you think. Like I said, you know, you don't need a big business to make a lot of money. You do need a couple of people to help you out. But you don't need you don't need huge amounts, you know, like. And the, and the other thing is, too, is that when people say, I want to make a million bucks, okay, well, okay, what is that? Is that turnover, income, revenue, profit? What are you actually talking about? And inherently what they really mean is, I want a million dollars in my pocket. Okay, so what's your profit margin? And they're not even sure what the profit margin is. And I go, so how are you going to get there? And it's little things like that that people don't sort of realize, you know, and is, you know, for example, when I'm working with a client and they're like, well, I want to, I want to grow my business. You know, the first thing I'll say is put your prices up. And I go, well, and then I know immediately, and I do this for two reasons and I'll tell you what they are. First off, it's the easiest way to make more money. Secondly, it's going to tell me what their money beliefs are. Because if they fight me, I go, good. Now I want to find out who you really are. Because they're going to say, oh, my industry, you know, this is the, I go, oh, okay. So you're like everybody else, are you? Well, no. But you just said that you're going to charge like everybody else. So you're like everybody else then, right? Well, no. So are you better than them or are you worse than them? Well, I'm better than them. Well, wouldn't it stand to reason then that you would charge more than them? <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and in, in NLP, they call this the value-based reframe. So what I'm doing is I'm checking in with their values and I'm reframing them so that they can realize you're doing it to yourself. You know, you're actually, you're actually crippling yourself. Uh, I got a good example. I worked with a design agency and they came to me and said, super time poor, you know, like all, all of our clients want their work done yesterday. And that's the standard in our industry, right? Here's my belief. The standard in our industry, everybody wants work done. Okay. So I said, well, just create a rate card you know, for people and say, you know, rapid service is a, there's a premium for rapid service because of course I've got to then, you know, push people back on the line so that you get your work done. Oh, I can't do that. Why can't you do that? Well, because nobody does it, you know, they'll leave. So their fear was uh, that'll be such an affront that they'll leave. I said, but they've told you that's what they want. You didn't force it on them. So all you're saying is, is, as you can appreciate, time is money and I'm going to have to, and you're asking me to prioritize your time and your results above everybody else's. So there's a small fee for that. And I'm sure if you were in queue, you'd understand that, wouldn't you? Oh, yeah, okay, right, fine. So anyway, eventually, after a half an hour conversation, she goes, okay. And she created this great rate card and she had um, God speed, light speed, and warp speed. <laughs> and it was like, it was really funny. And it increased awesome. their average sale by 32%, nice. which generated $90,000 and allowed, allowed her to remove herself from the business to work on the business, which we all hear from business coaches, right? Mm -hmm. You know, you to work on the business, not in the business. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, why don't you address the cash flow situation first before <laughs> you, you have some profit to be able to do that? Pitch little <laughs> phrases like that. Yep. So it's those sorts of things. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm really the anti-overwhelm guy. So 
none of my stuff is about like I, I fervently disagree with the idea you learn more and you earn more rubbish where's the proof um you know i know from speaking to people uh like you know tony robbins curriculum designer and marissa murgatroyd and these are big people you know these are seven eight nine figure players in our industry and they all fundamentally admit yeah we have somewhere between you know five to eight percent success rate so hold on when you hear that you go so that's a 92 to 95 percent fail rate now and yet we think, but we all want to join the 5%. So what you realize is, huh, this is completely unrealistic. I go, yeah, because when someone teaches you something, it's like going to school and saying, well, I went to school or I went to university. You know, the premise was you go to university, you leave university and you're set for life. Has that turned out to be the case? No. Especially in, say, for example, North America, or particularly America, where, you know, you've got such high costs and you know you you're actually a hundred grand whatever maybe even more in debt when you start your working career i mean you know the system is just doesn't really work that way and that's why this whole entrepreneur work for yourself digital virtual world thing is so sexy to people because they're kind of going yeah these paradigms don't work for me anymore i i i don't believe in them because the evidence isn't there um, so, but in saying that again, entrepreneurialism and running your own business is not for the faint of heart. Uh, and I, and I definitely think there are a lot of people out there trying it that aren't designed for it. And so it, it, it can be a bit, you know, there's definitely some torment with, with what to do and where to go with that. And I can't say that I haven't been through it my, myself. I have. Um, but you know, the, the, to put it in short of succinct way as I can, you know, the highs outweigh the lows. And I think you become designed for it if you weren't designed for it previously. So some of these people that are thinking, oh, okay, fine, I wasn't designed for entrepreneurial. I'll just quit now and go and do something else. Stop. <laughs> Don't do that. That's not what we're saying. So talk to me about what are some of the stumbling blocks that somebody might be having right now and they're thinking, oh my God, Justin, I need you so badly. Well, I think a lot of people have insights that they don't know how to articulate in such a way to stand out in the marketplace. Um, there's a great book that I read many years ago called Clicking by a woman called Faith Popcorn. And she's a, a futurist. She talks about future trends. And CLICK stands for Courage, Letting Go, Insight, Commitment, and Know-How. And I, I have a program called STAR, where the STAR stands for Standing Out, Transformative, Accelerated Results. And I design um, presentations, sales processes, and sales calls, and a sales product. I actually develop their process, like what's your unique process, what's your product, what's your presentation. So I reverse engineer this whole thing so that you uniquely stand out. And so it's quite difficult sometimes for me to articulate to people what that really means because most people kind of think about things like, oh, oh I see you do presentations. Well, yes, but I also do products and I do offers. And what I've discovered is that what most people really want, for example, when they engage, they want marketing help. What they actually want is a conversion pathway. And 
So what? So that's what they want from a business outcome. But personally, they want something that authentically aligns with really who they are, shows their unique power, and feels like it flows, like it's ease. And and I most of my clients, I do this extremely quickly with them, and they just freak out because they've literally been thinking about this for you know five, ten, fifteen, twenty years. And that's my ability is synthesizing. And and I love doing it because it sets people free. So I find a lot of people are stuck following who's the, who's the biggest rock star right now that can show me the key. And the reality is you're the rock star. You're the rock star. What's your rock star quality? Not their rock star quality. You don't know what sort of personality type they are. You know, like I see these like A-type people that are like 5% of the population, like, you know, ADD and I do 500 posts a day. And, oh my God, it's just really easy. You just, you know, multi-format all your content and it's just easy. Okay, there's nothing easy about that. That's a lie. You know, that takes a lot of work, a lot of planning, a lot of strategizing, a lot of acumen. That's not the answer. You know, again, I think people need to trust in themselves, but they need a guide. And that's really what I am. Um, I, I just find that I find that is the main thing. Because honestly, how-to information is everywhere, right? You know, how to market on Instagram, how to market on TikTok. How to do, I mean, it's everywhere. I mean, you, you could Google that at any stage. You could find 20 video series you could watch at any time. So you go, okay. So then you've got to ask yourself, if all the information in the world out there was telling me how I can make a trillion dollars and all the rest of it, why doesn't it happen for everyone? <laughs> and that's what I help people with is to kind of say, well, you know, who are you really? And what have you got? And what are you, you know, and as a result of your journey, what are you, what is your, what are you, what's happening with your tribe and who you need to serve? And, and that, again, takes a level of bravery. But what I find is, is that the more you go through that conversation, eventually it just drops in and people go, oh. And I just see their faces change, like their energy changes, their energy, you know, it's like, whoa. <laughs> They're like, finally, I've been seen. I'm, I'm, I'm doing it. Like, this is what I was looking for. And that is not, it's not very, it's not simple. When I synthesize people's stuff, I make it sound simple, but the pre-process to get there, that takes a lot of work on the client side to kind of really have faith in themselves and me, again, going through these explorations. I mean, I had a client, for example, who had a background as a nurse. Now, at first she thought, well, I want to serve mothers. And then she's like, no, actually what I really want is to empower women to be creatively and financially strong and as a result free and that took quite a while for us to get there because she couldn't let go of the old identity and she's not a young woman and she's like yeah because women in my age group you know we might be either divorced or or a partner's passed away and it's like so now what and and i want to be fully expressed but i want to have you know financial security and all the rest of it so it took a little while. And now, I mean, she's featured on national PR. She's hosting summits. She's 
developing an inn in New Hampshire and like 200 um, acres and stuff like that. She's meeting all these thought leaders. I've said to her, stop trying to create stuff when you're surrounded by brilliance. Just plug it in. <laughs> because she has another business. And so she's gone and got the best of both worlds. She's got this creative kind of way of looking at things and she's really expressing herself, but she also has the financial stuff taken care of. And, oh, man, it's been a fun, fun journey. And, and I tell you, we just... It's just a complete love fest, our calls, because, you know, I'm helping her reveal herself to herself. And then we go and create cool stuff. And then she's like, oh, you know, this is what I've always wanted to do. But it can be very easy getting caught up in your past identities, either as, say, a mother or a past job role or whatever it is, like letting go of those identities and realizing it's now all about me. And, you know, I particularly love supporting women with this because, you know, I see so many talented women that are stuck in this idea that if I look after myself, I'm neglecting something else. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, what if you could have both where your family and your relationships grow and develop as well as you grow and develop? And so that, that brings me a lot of joy to help people with that stuff because I really you know, I, I say I'm an accelerated results coach. Now that sounds like a bit of a businessy thing, but the reality is, is that I'm trying to support you to have accelerated results in all elements of your life, because I just don't feel that they're separate. Nice. Love that. So I know our listeners are going to want more from you. How did they start their journey with you? Ah, well, that's very easy. You can go to, I've got a little link. Um, it's sociatap.com forward slash Justin Cunningham. Um, I can give you that to put in the chat. It will be in the show notes for the, for, sure. for the program. <laughs> and and on that link, uh, people can get there's a there's a bundle of free resources that you can get. There's like five different things I give you access to. Um, one of the things that I would highly recommend people check out is the the business owner quiz. Um, because that kind of again unpacks that unconscious stuff we were talking about, like who am I and what's stopping me. Um, and there's also an opportunity to just jump on a call um so very simple and so if people want to jump on a call with me there's a link there as well and uh you know we can get to know each other and see if we're we're a good fit and, and kind of go from there love it so i get to ask you now at what point in life did you know that you were a special kind of crazy enough to become an entrepreneur oh that's a good question um yeah well i, I actually started it did it twice <laughs> so i've had my own you know i think a lot of us have had our own scar tissues so the first time i was 31 30 about 30 that's right and at that stage i'd been involved with music for a long time and skateboarding and i'd been working in retail and retail sucked <laughs> yeah, i was over it and i wasn't getting paid much and and i i was just called to do these rap battles because I was I love freestyling it, freestyle rapping, and I was like, I've got to do this thing. So I did an event. I had three hundred people in the room. The first event that I did, you know, it went really well, and that was it really. And then after that, I went, well, I'm just going to commit, and I did. Um, I, I stayed sort of part time in retail just in case for a little bit, and then eventually I just made the full leap. And so I spent about sort of six years doing that. Um, and then the industry shrunk, uh, things shifted in the marketplace. 
and I had to kind of go back to retail and that was quite a shock to the system and then I retrained myself in behavioral modalities and then I was working for other people I was a sales trainer for very big businesses worked for the New Zealand's leading sales process company and large format retailers all sorts of stuff running businesses but I just never felt that I was getting the reward that I was due for what I was creating and that led me to go you know what I'm driving the ship, therefore I'm going to give it another go. And yeah, that was about, yeah. Well, I mean, I've been coaching for about 13 or 14 years, but to actually kind of completely 100% jump into self-employment again and the entrepreneurial journey um, was about 11 years ago. So that that's what happened. And I think that's pretty common with a lot of people. They either feel like, you know, I'm not being seen, I'm not being rewarded, I, I'm unfulfilled. And, and so, you, you know, you kind of make that leap. And I knew with my skill set that I could create measurable change for people. So I was very confident that given the right context and format, I could make it work. And so I did. And, and I'm continually trying to find new ways to express all of who I am. And, you know, I consider myself an edutainer as well. And for people that haven't been to one of my events, you know, I do freestyle rapping about what we're talking about and bring all that fun stuff in there, which people don't see coming from a middle-aged white guy with gray in his beard. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it's, um, it's, it's fun. And, and uh, I, I really do believe that fun is flow and flow is ease and ease is excellence and excellence means you get paid well. So trust and fun. Because that's kind of, you know, as far as I'm concerned, universe's way of telling you, if you find this easy and other people think that it's powerful or worth worthwhile, then you're being given a sign and you should trust it. Nice. I love that. Justin, you have been absolutely fabulous. Thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. And I know how valuable it is. Any last words for our peeps? Uh, yeah. Have faith in yourself reach out, let's connect. And I uh, really appreciate people staying through this interview and listening to it. And I, I really hope you enjoyed it. And I, I would love to hear what was the one thing that really struck with you um, because that's always helpful for me in terms of my own development and how I can support others. Love it. Awesome. Thank you, Justin, again, for being here with us. Peeps, this is Thanks. Michelle Nedelec. Thank you for being here with us today. Be sure to subscribe to the show and join our Facebook group, Business Ownership Secrets to Scaling, because we love connecting with you and we love helping you grow. Are you running a business over seven figures but still struggling with technology headaches? Pay attention. You do not want to miss this offer. This podcast episode is brought to you by Awareness Strategies, who is offering a custom-built digital adoption roadmap for anyone running a business over seven figures who's wanting to grow their business in the next five years. And it's not just a roadmap. They offer full implementation as well. If that scares the out of you, check out awarenessstrategies.com forward slash roadmap for more details today. The link's in the show's notes. Don't regret not doing this. Do it now. That's awarenessstrategies.com slash roadmap.